All right. We got episode number two of Life for Wankers. Right now is a time of civil unrest. And we sometimes we got to tackle down racism. But in episode two, we got to discuss about Lance fucking Armstrong. Now, after watching it 30 for 30, I realized, man, this guy is a fucking psycho. I mean, when you talk about sports alpha males, they all have a similar trait where they put their sport sporting lives their job before even their own family and if you go down in sports history look down at the major alpha males you realize they didn't really put their sports before their family that's why sometimes they always kind of have a falling out and you think back of alpha males in the 21st century two people come into mind Lance Armstrong and Kobe Bryant you could even say Tiger Woods or LeBron James, but when we talk about alpha male, where if you get in their fucking way, they gotta just run over you. Um, yeah, actually, when when I think alpha male, besides Lance and Kobe, I just I I can't help but think of like major assholes, and so I think of. Barry Bonds and I think of uh, Michael Jordan, but you know, dude, Lance did anything to win. He told us that he beat cancer by himself, and then that he won six or seven Tour de France's. That's just crazy. It it was crazy. I mean, the cancer thing. You know, when you watch the Thirty for Thirty, if you did it, he talked about the cancer that he did use that to kind of his advantage but deep down he really you know the fundraising was legit you know he I mean he probably made nearly 500 million dollars fundraised probably such an absurd number like that but you know ever since he was a teenager this guy was just an ultimate alpha male where he would call people pussies he wasn't afraid of anybody and he was competing against people that were years older than him and this is tri- triathlons and marathons this type of things this is not no easy events this is events where it takes months and months to train and as we know the toilet france is possibly the hardest sporting event in the world where you talking about two to three weeks non-stop about 22 stages and, and you know what they say is like this is how the this is how the the, the, the toilet france feels like Imagine just doing a marathon for 22 days straight. Can you imagine something like that? Bro, I wouldn't even be able to get through a marathon if you gave me, like, the whole day. Like, okay, okay, you have to, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. to, like, complete this? I I would still probably come up short, so, no. And, I, I mean... Cycling is one of the lesser-known sports, so I feel like that's why it became so cutthroat, because, you know, only the best of the best are going to be known. So maybe that's why he did everything he could to win, because, I mean, in, in other sports, like, you know LeBron, you know Anthony Davis, you know everybody else, you know Kobe, you know, and baseball, you know Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger, but... Like, honestly, outside of Lance Armstrong and of Floyd Landis, at least here in the United States, like, who who else 
do you know that's like, oh, that guy, that's a cyclist right there, you know? If you don't follow cycling, you're not going to know who the fuck it is. And that's just the truth. Um, and, and I mean, not just in America, but around the world, you know, cycling is just a strictly European sport where you just have the French, the Italians. Once in a while, you have, you know, the Swiss, Luxembourg, the Spanish, you know, Belgium. They're in the 70s, were unstoppable. But after that, you know, right now, Great Britain is probably the biggest surprise has won since the 2010s but other than that the only American that won is Greg Lamont and he won it three times but nobody really knew any superstars of cycling so Lance Armstrong just came to the picture being this guy like hey cancel survivor he has this attitude where he doesn't give a rat's ass what you think about him well actually he does but he's not afraid to talk shit back. He's gonna just pretty much say it straight to your face. And, you know, he's kind of a guy that if you get in his way, he's gonna try everything in his power to make you get out of this scene, make you get out of the picture entirely, where it's, it's pretty sad. And, you know, for me, and probably for you, Lance Armstrong was a hero for us, because... When you come back from cancer and you win all those Tour de France, you feel like this. if anybody goes through something like that, we could do it too in anything in life. Absolutely, dude. It was, you know, the whole Livestone campaign. And, you know, as men, I feel that at, at least speaking for, for myself, like, I don't really like to talk about my health and to see someone be like, yeah, I lost a nut because I beat cancer. It's like, whoa, you're comfortable with people knowing that? And he was just, you know, the absolute hero. Like you said, uh, people donated over and over again to his Livestrong Foundation, which, I mean, if there's anything good to come out of um, this whole Alpha Male Lance Armstrong cheated story, it's that he helped a lot of people beat cancer, hopefully. And, you know, and stay in remission and not have to go through that again. But poor Greg Lamont, dude. He was, you know, he was the only previous American champion before Lance. And he totally blackballed him from the sport. Like, he had no friends. He had people, like, telling him, like, hey, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, don't, don't be a hater. And it's not that he was being a hater, but he just wanted to be like, you know, this guy's cheating and everyone's okay with it. Well, you know, the the French newspaper, they were pretty much trying to say he was a cheater, but he used as much as he can the cancer story where he's like, I'm a cancer survivor. How would you think that about me? And, you know, and it worked effectively, but, you know, when you watch some documentaries and the switching of the fluids and the switching of the blood transfusion it was really fucking weird and EPO at the time was not traceable and you know each year when you you know I'm looking at the timing Lance Armstrong just gets better and better he won the 2002 Tour de France in 82 out 82 hours holy crap <laughs> that's you know the 
that is never done until last year when the Colombian Igan Bernal he won in 82 hours and 57 minutes Lance Armstrong won the 2002 tour events in 82 hours and 5 minutes and when you see his time his timing it drastically drops you know in 2000 he won it in 92 hours then it you know 2001 he won it in 86 hours so how is it possible he has a 6 minute drop like that this is something you really unheard of now possibly arguably one of the greatest tour you know cyclists in the world in the early 90s, Miguel Indurain, he has won the Tour de France tied for most five times. Five times okay. consecutive, which is which is done a few times. You know, Eddie Merck from Belgium has won it five times in a row. No, he has not won it five times in a row. He won it four. But Miguel Indurain has won it five times in a row, which was the only person who was able to do that. Right? Yeah, but but you look at his timing. Miguel Indurain. One year he won, he wins in 101 hours. Next year 100. 1993, 95, and then it jumps to 103. So it was pretty consistent, right? Yeah, that's in like the same you know area there of time. Exactly. Now, now in 1995 he won in 92 hours, but. You know, it was kind of the sport. It's always kind of been tarnished for drugging. Now, in the late '90s, this is where things got really murky. I think there was a big um, doping scandal, which kind of banned Marco Pantini, who was accused of doping. And on, I think on Valentine's Day, when he passed away, he. Yeah, Valentine's Day. When he passed away, he overdosed on drugs because he was really depressed. Like, you know, this was his life. He was able, cycling was everything. He was a hero in Italy, right? You know, when we think about sports, yeah, team sports, there's hero. But when you think about individual hero sports, they become larger than life figures. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I I mean, you have to remember when, when we were growing up, Everybody rocked the the Livestrong bracelet, and everyone would, like, and it just wasn't a thing you did to be cool. It's like, oh yeah, if if I wear this, like, I'm helping people who have cancer, so it, it was a good thing to do. And then, you know, he started dating Cheryl Crow, and you know, he was all over Wheaties boxes. So I mean, it was it was cool to support Lance Armstrong because he has a great story, you know. He dominates his sport, which as a sports fan, like you like to like people who just straight up dominate because you're like, fuck yeah, I'm dominating too, even though you may not be. And uh, you, you know what's crazy to me is like at the time, like you could say the majority of like cyclists were doping, just like in baseball at that one summer when. Uh, Mike McGuire and Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa just went off, but I mean, cheating yeah. is still cheating in my book. So, and and I mean, at the end of the day, like all his accomplishments got um, stripped, you know, and that that sucks. It it just it sucks, but it also 
it was a very, you know, it gave a black eye to cycling because I think the International Cycling Federation really swept everything under the rug for so many years with Lance Armstrong. So it gets to a point where they couldn't do it anymore because he was a poster child. He was, he was bringing in a shit ton of money into cycling. It brings some popularity. They never knew what the fuck is going on, right? Now, Lance Armstrong, main rival, who's been second in few of the Tour de France's that Lance won, Jean Ulrich, also has been speculation of having dope, and he was guilty also. So, and you, you just think about it, it's like, Lance Armstrong took away a lot of, you know, wins from other cyclists, but other, there's other cyclists were cheating too. So you think about it and it's like, was this sport really that clean? And you think, you know, if everybody was really fucking doping, do you think Lance Armstrong wins are legit? And it's so many questions because you look at the timing if you want to tour the France, it's unbelievable these drops. You know, you're talking about for many years, you know, you might see once in a while below 90s, 80s. Then I don't know when Lanchon won the tour, not once he was in the upper 90s. It was really low 90s and 80s the whole way, right? That's just insane because, you know, the it's not like the Tour de France is just like everyone's, you know, cycling on flat ground. Like, you have to go through, through the Alps and, you know, through, through other stages. And it's like, dude, you know, to, the cardio needed to, uh, to win the Tour de France is just insane. I mean, even to me, at least, the, the people that win it in, like, a hundred hours, a hundred two hours. That's still impressive. It don't. The timing don't matter. But this is just a lot of climbing, right? Yeah. And it's not a sport that Americans are known for. You know, in the in the in the documentary, it's true. They, you know, they explain the different personalities of different uh, nationalities of the of the cyclers. You know. The Germans, like every other sport, you know, they're very structured. They have their formation and all that, right? The Belgians are known for the sneaky types. The Italians, they're, you know, the more the flamboyant. Hey, we won. Party. While the French, you know, they're kind of the... We're the high class because we have the Tour de France. It's our event. But an American who cycles that's weird they're the outcasts they're the weird ones Americans don't cycle you won't you know most Greg Lamont the reason why he cycled he grew up in the Sierra Mountains so he's able to climb you know in United States is a country that you see mostly people drive you don't see people walking or taking the bike like that and most of the major cycling companies are in Europe. So Lance Armstrong, when he came into the picture, he 
gave it, you know, Americans, like, we also dominated in cycling. You know, and the French did, didn't necessarily like that. So they've been accusing him all the time. All the time. With, you know, speculations of doping. So, um, I'm going to be honest, like, until I went to college with you and Mm -hmm. you you know you and I we lived close to campus but other Mm -hmm. students didn't that's the only time I really saw people ride bikes you know at at my local high school everyone got dropped off or you know took the bus it was rare to see bikes on campus because you know people didn't really bike well knowing that it's there's not many bike paths especially in america you know right now living in miami beach yeah across miami beach you see people cycling to keep the skin but other than that when you want to cross the bridge from miami beach to miami it's a whole different world you don't see people riding their bikes as much as before even in los angeles and i think los angeles has some of the best bike trails that i've you know, rode around in the States. You know, they always talk about Portland, Oregon being very bike friendly. Talk about San Francisco, but Los Angeles is a great biking city, but you don't see people out there cycling as much as you think they should. So it's not a sport that Americans are good at. Um, but Lance Armstrong made it popular and famous. He made it enjoyable to go on the bike people start going on the cycling they start doing you know um as you see like you see people cycling a lot more after Lance Armstrong getting interest and watching you know what I mean cycling is not a fun sport to watch no no it's it's really not it's kind of like golf it it kind of like has to be your thing for you to be like you know what I'm gonna sit here and spend my Thursday, Friday, or Saturday watching this. But here's the difference. Golf is a pretty famous sport around the world, right? Yeah. I I mean, go ahead. You see once in a mostly Americans, European dominant once in a while. You might see an Argentinian or Brazilian win it. But cycling was not it took until the late 20th century that an American one, right? Yeah. And one Australian, Caldo Evans, who I think won when he was about 30, in his late 30s, right? Yeah. He was about 36, 35 when he won. Other than that, it's been such a European-dominated sport. And you see other Europeans coming up out of nowhere. Chris Fromm, he's one. He's a British guy, has won Tour de France four times. And if you look at the 2010s, the British has won about, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the 2010s, right? Yeah. They have dominated cycling out of nowhere. As for the French, they have not won a Tour de France since 1985 by Bernard Hinault, 
who is known as the Badger. Boo! They should call it the Tour de Not Friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible joke. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> but it, 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 it's surprising that the French has not produced any good cyclists <clears throat> since for almost for over 35 years. The Spanish Alberto Cantor who also got caught doping but it, you know sometimes it's when they take away the title I really do feel bad for the other writers because it's like well you know there's maybe is a writer one or two writers that don't dope they train their asses off and the guy they can't beat gets caught cheating like going back to your point to where you uh you said like oh you know a, a lot of the uh a lot of the guys that uh that were also doping when when Lance was dominating like should, should you consider his wins legitimate like dude I um, I looked it up here and it seems a lot of like not just individuals but like entire teams were doping at that time and that's insane because like you said you know there was that one group of guys that said you know what like we're gonna do this clean we're we're not gonna cheat we know everyone's um, on EPO to increase their you know their lung capacity and their VO2 max and it sucks for them but I'm, I'm looking here and I, I think it says like 2005 the entire United States Postal Service team was just like disqualified like not just one or two guys but the entire team oh absolutely you have to if you watch the documentary all those guys was doing transfusion but Lance Armstrong was the guy where he didn't like if you tried to go to a different team you want to make sure oh I'm a make sure this guy doesn't ride or he had that really bad power power hungry he just was this ultimate alpha male that was just vicious so and Lance Armstrong seems to be a very jealous guy and you know he might even find he's a, you know he even they made a joke how Lance Armstrong would even find in the death of you know it could be a guy on Facebook who barely has 50 friends but Lance Armstrong won't Lance Armstrong will find out that guy's talking crap about him. And he might even know. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'll be surprised if Lance Armstrong hears us out. Oh, dude, if, if we get sued, like, oh, like, yeah, like, dude, Lance, I still like you, man. I even bought a Lift Strong bracelet. I mean, I'm just <laughs> stating about in an era for us where we were kids growing up looking at Lance Armstrong cycling. Um, <laughs> But uh, Lance, uh, growing up, you were an inspiration to me. But don't sleep me, bro. I'm, I'm a broke post college graduate thinking about grad school. Like, I have nothing for you. Dude, like Lance, come on, man. Like, like, like straight up, bro. Like, let this shit go, man. We 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 broke, bro. Like, you know, straight you, up, you, straight up, bro. Like, like. You know, you know the fucker even made a book, right? 
Yeah. That, it was fucking hilarious because it's like, yo, he made a book and became New York's best time seller. I mean, like, he was really unstoppable. Like, you got, I mean, like, imagine, you know, you're a fucking his teammate and you know this guy is the way he is and it's like oh man like you gotta he's like you gotta deal with him going to fucking like Jamba Juice and seeing his fucking face and then I remember there was a point where (laughs) fucking you couldn't even buy the Livestrong bracelets because they sold out so fast dude seriously could you imagine though being his teammate like uh, fr- from what I I understand right like some of the guys on the team like they're, they're just there to help the, the main guy or the two main guys on the team keep up their pace and you know keep up their times so it's like you're part of the team but you know you're not gonna win you're there to help somebody else win and it's like fuck if only I could tell the whole world that he's you know a big asshole and a big cheater and you know but here's the thing it's they got the attention right yeah and they got that money because of Lance Armstrong you just gotta deal with Lance Armstrong you know it's like this is who I think you could compare it to you can compare it to you know Floyd Mayweather Jr. right you know, everybody talks shit and say, oh, I could beat him, I could beat him, right? No one did. No one did, but here's the thing. A lot of those boxers' biggest payday were against Floyd Mayweather. Floyd! So it was kind of like a, hey, man, this is a good, this is a good fucking payday. you like, why not, right? You, you know, you, no. you think about that shit, it's like, man. You know, no, like, dude, absolutely. It's like you go out to the bar. Hey, I know Lance Armstrong. See, here's us at the tour. Your friends, or hey, like you know, can I get your number? I'm friends with Lance Armstrong. Like, not just that. I, like, I bet the pay was really good because he had all the sponsorships all over the place. I mean, you know, Nike always focuses on two things. Well, the sports that they always focus on is always basketball, American football, and football, soccer, right? Mm-hmm. And running. That's what their, you know, their main main strikes hold. But when they started focusing on, on other sports, like cycling, where you have... Did you ever picture Nike ever sponsoring a cycling athlete? Hell no. Exactly. So, he had all his endorsements. He had the Livestrong Foundation. And and you think about it, it's like, how the fuck did this guy just, like, climb out on top and just get away with so much? Like, he... He just got away with everything. Like, how the hell did this happen? Well, I'm. I mean, like you said earlier, you uh, you have to have a lot of help with that. Not just your teammates, but your sponsors and the the International Cycling Federation. Um, like like um, 
when he had beef with the 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 other American dude that wanted. Oh, uh, now now let's we get let's go to that. Floyd Landis. So hearing the about Floyd Landis is kind of crazy because I really feel bad for that guy. And he, you know he won the Tour de France, right? Yeah. He got caught doping. And I think he was banned for about a year. And literally, I kid you not, man. He was also, I think, a cancer cancer survival survivor. So, what felt bad about this guy was um. He, I think, was banned for about a year, right? Yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to check if he was really diagnosed with cancer. I don't want to give false information about that, right? Well, I don't know if I heard that, but he was another American oh. that, you know, that won the fucking Tour de France. So, you know, you think at that stage, it's like, well, I think, you know, you think like, hey, the Americans got this. You know, this is a sport they're going to dominate. So he got caught doping before Lance Armstrong, right? So yeah. He was banned for a year. And so he, um, so Lance Armstrong, you know, when he came back, he, he tried to, you know, go on different teams. He didn't get along too well with Alberto Cantor much so they were able to just kind of do their own thing right and then he switched from I think Discovery to Astana and then to Radio Shack and I think the team that you know last team Lance Armstrong was in he team Radio Shack I believe yeah 2010-2011 Team Radio Shack was not invited to the Tour de France. Well, no, they were oh, invited. Really? No, they were invited. Um, how it works is that I think like about I don't know, twelve to twenty teams, right, are guaranteed spots in the Tour de France. So other ones would have to be invited. So yeah, they have to register. And I think they would have to be invited, right? Oh, okay. But the only, you know, for Landis, I think that's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Went to Lance Armstrong and another American writer to see if he could get on a team and, you know, get back into cycling. They didn't let him get into back into cycling, right? Because, you know, they think, all right, you know, if we take, if we bring him in, he's gonna risk the chances of us getting right to the Tour de France you know just get caught you know I mean get caught doping and they're gonna be like okay you have a doper but who you know it would raise suspicious then after he got um, this you know kind of got rejected he became the whistleblower. Yeah, 
it's actually one of the first things here on his Wikipedia page. Yeah. It's it says like, oh like he got popped and then he snitched on everybody. Oh man, he I think he sent like a very, very detailed email. And um so Mel yeah. I, I have a question real quick. what do you think makes alpha males like Lance well, let's let's, and... let's finish with Floyd Landis first, because oh. let's get back okay. to, to this story. So when he became the whistleblower, that's when everything came crumbling down for Lance Armstrong, because Lance Armstrong has been, you know, rejecting, saying, I never did it, even though some people has come forward. He's the type of person, like, where... If he knows you telling him, that's it. He's going to ruin your fucking career. And Floyd Landis, he still wishes. He has no love for Floyd Landis and pretty much wishes that he has a shitty life. <laughs> pretty much like uh. Sean Shrunk said. And I'm like, man. Uh. And that's what makes alpha male alpha male. So if you notice, if you watch the, uh, the, the Last Dance documentary, if you get cross Michael Jordan line, comfort line, that's it. That is it. There's no, there's no being back homies with him. There's no love. He's just sure to tell you fuck you, even though he respects you. Um, <laughs> as a true. player, yeah. I mean, like him and Charles Barkley friendship kind of fell apart because I think Charles Barkley criticized the way he ran his team now Lance Armstrong was the same way now (laughs) here's the difference cycling is more of an individual sport yes they have teams but they have that main guy who gets all the credits and wins now Michael Jordan yes he got credit but it was a team sport players will still get some credit and like okay I remember this this and that but you know when when you have other writers, you know, when Lance had other writers in his team, they, they feel like, hey, I want to be a main guy in a different team. Lance did not like that. Lance feels like, all right, you, you, you're trying to go against me. How could I trust you? You know what I mean? But I think it was insecurity of, you know, being found out that he was doping. And he's been doping since he was 21. That's crazy. Now, qu- question because I didn't get to watch the documentary. I don't. I don't have ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think all the transfusions and and the steroids uh, d- did they ever try to link that with causing this cancer, or Lance, do you think you know, they're two separate things? Even Lance Armstrong mentioned in the documentary that he doesn't think so, but he he'll be a liar to say if it's not the case so he's he's like it's possible but I don't really think so yeah type of thing okay in my heart I don't part of me don't feel like that's the reason but it could be the reason and he even knows it um he doesn't regret anything he's done and in a way you think I mean I th- you know what would people do in his situation he I, the thing is everybody was doping but he was the main guy 
he was the bad guy. He was the guy that wanted as the guy that he he got everything he wanted, get away with everything. He thought he had the power, you know, of a president. See, my thing at least is you would think that he would be some sort of remorseful. Maybe so he could get some sort of, you know, famous again, but he decided to go, like, total O.J. Simpson with it, because you know how O.J.'s always been like, I kill it. Yeah. And he, somehow, like, we still recognize O.J. as, you know, the juice. I mean, we're all kind of like, oh, we all know he killed his wife, but, I mean, you know, he's still O.J. Like, I, I would feel that Lance maybe probably still wanted to be famous and maybe should have shown some type of remorse. That's just neither. Well, reality is he's still famous. You know, people you know, people kind of want to think like we gotta forget about him. That he's a wannabe. But in reality, he's still famous. People still talk to him to this day. To this day, we still talk about this guy. A two, a thirty for thirty came out for crying out loud. You, you go to Netflix, you see movies. It's still talked about around the Tour de France. His cancer, so you know his cancer story. It still amazes me, regardless of what he's done, and oh. and and that's just the truth. I'm not. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah beating cancer is not not easy at all. And. You, you gotta think like you, when you say cycling, who's the first person you think of? Lance. When I yeah, you know, you, you, I tell you, you want to go for a bike ride, you gotta be like, oh, I want to be like, I'm gonna ride like Lance Armstrong. You're not gonna hear anybody say, I'm gonna ride like Alberto Cantador or who the fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, or like Greg Lamond or Floyd Landis. No. No, absolutely not. But you know, that was funny in 2008. A guy named Carlos Sastre won the Tour de France. Now, you know what's his nickname? Hello? Yeah, yeah um, uh, um, I'm still here. What did you say? I'm, I'm okay. sorry. Well, I think in 2008, a Spanish uh, writer won the Tour de France. And his nickname is Don Limpio. Because he's never... <laughs> Because he's never been caught cheating? <laughs> yeah, he's never been caught cheating, but he was never suspected. He was one of the few okay. clean writers to have won the Tour de France in modern times. So, <laughs> but, you, <laughs> but here's the thing. You feel bad for this guy, right? So when he won the Tour de France, was he was about 33. So, in... You, you know, you got clean writers like him who probably would not even make the sports famous whatsoever, right? Uh, true. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the list of winners, and like you said, the 2020 guy, Colombian. And, like, you think that, like, all, like, Latinos or Hispanics would be, like, super proud, like, this is our guy, and, until you brought him up to me, and, and, and until I went to Google... I didn't even know he had won it. Well, here's the thing. Colombians 
for the past few years have competed for the Tour de France and you know you're riding through the Andes they, they're able to, to practice <laughs> true you go to Argentina and Chile you, it gets cold over there in the Andes the weather is not nice all year round right yeah and, and you know in Europe it gets cold too but Europeans they're more of walking cycling even at cold weather and that's a form of transportation and the major cycling companies are European so and I think let me check let me see if Trek if that's a even um like on the radar for them well they're American yeah it's American company but they're most of their bicycles are manufactured outside the United States so you realize like um cycling is truly a European sport yeah even in even the British are winning and that's not necessarily a sport they were dominated until the 2010 so Lance Armstrong really put cycling in the map not only around the world even for other Europeans most people are not going to know some of these names it's just another guy that wins it you know Marco Pantini this guy had he looked like a pirate he was dope he, he was more of a a fan favorite he was an idol even though there's other Italians you for cycling you gotta be somebody memorable I mean a lot of cyclists you know they're boring not boring but they're you know not the it's they're probably the name it's not so memorable or you know they don't have that personality for Landis even if he people forget about him yeah Lance Armstrong the name his personality everything about the guy was perfect and hey hey Milk so so do you think if Lloyd Landis never blows the whistle uh, do do you think Lance and and not just him but the other top writers who were doping do, do, do you think they would have kept doing it? You know, the doping, absolutely. I, I think they would have definitely got caught eventually, but it was to a boiling point where, you know, the sport was already so dirty. Yeah. For many years. And you talk about to the beginning of time where they would, people would drink alcohol so they could numb the pain. Um, that's insane that is the fucking truth that cycling is a very dirty sport you know everybody talks about baseball being a dirty sport but in reality cycling is like man reputation for cycling is like you expect everybody dopes you're you're talking about a 2200 mile bike race around France and parts of Belgium and Luxembourg so um so I'm taking a look at last year's um Tour de France uh you know results yeah the Bernard guy who won yeah 
82 hours and 57 minutes. That's insane, dude. Well, I, the Colombian, I the Colombian team, don't know. the Colombian team has the best climbers. You know what I mean? They have in their backyard. They have the Andes. So for them, they're able to practice, and knowing that bikes are getting better, training, and everything. Vitamins and supplements and diets is not no, you know, you know, this is you know, you get nicer bikes, seven thousand, ten thousand dollar bikes with fascinating gears. But that's crazy. So this is the end of our Vance Armstrong episode. But you know, regarding any future episodes, we definitely want to touch in possibly one era of, you know, the 2010 basketball era, which has got to be the weirdest fucking era of basketball in our lifetime, because it was just super teams. But the super teams left and right, me being mad, but because Kobe got old. It, it was the end of the Kobe Bryant era, but also who started the super team, regardless people like it or not, is LeBron James, and also the the rise and fall of the Concacaf. Soccer Federation. How during the two thousands, I thought the U.S. had the best years. Oh, I'm I'm super excited for that episode. And Mexico too. So you know, hopefully, Henry is able to do it. But if and let's see if the Concacaf is making a comeback. We have some, you know, there's some young American guys playing in Europe, and Mexico has always been a team in the radar. So, but Eddie, thank you for for appearing in this podcast episode two sorry if it took a while and um guys stay safe out there and make sure about political justice always listen learn and let's keep on fighting to end racism um mill thank you for inviting me if you're listening to this thank you for sticking with this and always remember that just because they listen to us when we're outraged we have to keep going until we get the job done um Thank you so much. Uh, tune in next time for more episodes. Yo, I gotta admit, like we got we got ten listeners. I don't even know who the fuck <laughs> they are. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, it's my dream. Like, hopefully, they actually listen to the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, probably listened ten minutes of the last podcast. I was like, man, this fucking dumbasses. True, but thank you so much to those ten people. Um, thank you, Mill. All right, buddy. Have a good night. All right, man. Stay safe. I love you. Uh, I love you. For sure. I'll probably talk to you tomorrow.